This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, your every Wednesday live news and community information podcast on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Brought to you, as always, by Frontline Gaming, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount every day. My name is Reese. With me is Francis and the Mustache. Yeah, that'd be a good podcast. That is a good name for a band, Francis, Francis and the, the mustache. mustache. That'd be like a hipster band. Uh, duh. You guys Francis, would, Francis would have to be a girl. We just gotta wear flannel with a mustache. No, yeah. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. See? And you guys would and always wear flannel all the time. Sure. Um, your pants would be extremely tight. Yeah. And you might well, have. Well, they already are. Or assless in the back. Well, assless jeans. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> Is there a... only if you've been working out? <laughs> Not so good if you haven't. Well, just jorts. Jean shorts, though. Not good jean shorts, like not the cool like cutoffs. Like jean shorts from like Like where you cut it yourself. Like like Route 66 brand. You know, it's like an off-white. Are really, we talking about the really long ones? Yeah. The ones oh. that go like mid-calf? Yes. Ooh, those are yes. good. That's great. Yes, what was that? Junko or something like that? What was the company that used to make that? Jinko? Those were and like they were not quite school. shorts, not quite pants. They were shants. I still still I see people wear those still, but they're like the older dudes in like their yeah. their early forties because it was cool in like the late nineties to wear that kind of stuff. That's just, what the Looney Tunes uh, varsity jacket. That was really early nineties. Complements that look well. That's true. You know what I'm saying? It's true. Super uh, good. Sometimes we talk about games, but uh, thank you for joining us for the show today. And fashion tips and from guys in their thirties. I'm not in my thirties. Are you? Nope. I don't even know. Yeah, boy, you supple young boy. I will never be 30. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> so <laughs> let's jump in and talk about some games. Yeah. Um, big news for 30K fans. The Horus Heresy Age of Darkness rulebook after a delay is on the way. And it sounds like they're sticking with 7th edition rules. But I'm not sure. Don't not a good idea. Follow, follow the link. You can read the article at the Warhammer community page itself. But it sounds like they were in, implying that they're going to be updating it based on uh, player feedback and uh, that they're going to be sticking with the rule set modified. Um, I may be wrong on that. I'm not an expert on 30K by any means, but that's what I got reading the uh, article. Uh, let us know in the chat if you have any insider information. might know a little bit better than us. And uh, let us know what you think. If that is true, and that's definitely what I got from reading the article, that's an interesting choice. Well, it used to be a different game, you know? It's not the same I just, thing. I think that so. was a mistake. If, if they do stay with it, again, we don't know. I don't know. But moving into the 8th edition rule set, I think you would have seen um, more players get involved. I don't know, because yeah. I, I, I remember when they were talking about going to 8th, or at least that's what the rumors were, that they were talking about switching over to 8th. And like the 30K community was really upset because they love it the way that it is. They didn't want anything to change. Yeah, but that's the same so. with people who play ninth age fantasy. Fair enough. You know, it's like you're not going to see a lot of growth. Um, I, I think it's a mistake. But I also wonder if it's like they were like, hey, Portugal, do you guys want to update your rules? And they're like, nah. Well, the thing is, like, too, like people have all these mega expensive rule books right. that they got 
that are like leather bound and like um, gold leaf and all this stuff. Can't so, be scared to change. I mean, if they want to keep, if, if the 30K community wants to stick with a modified 7th edition rule set, like, go ahead. It's a different game. Like, what? who cares? Yeah. Um, and again, I, I'm not certain. It didn't, because they, they don't use the, they don't number the editions when they talk about them. Hmm. They don't say 7th ed, 8th ed like we do. Um, and I, when I say they, I mean Games Workshop. And it's because they don't want to confuse their customers. So um, we'll see how it develops. I know a lot of people, 30K is still really popular. It's kind of diminished a little bit. Because at the end of 7th, when the game was creating a lot of uh, disenfranchised players, a lot of people were going to Age of Sigmar, were going to 30k. And those numbers have gone down a little bit, but it's still a really healthy and active game. I know for the um, for the LVO, we have like over 50 people coming to play 30k. Yep. yep. And last year when we kind of peaked, it was sold out at 64, if I remember correctly. So <laughs> uh, it hasn't diminished a ton. It's still a really healthy game. Uh, so we'll be interested to see how this develops. And for, you know, however you feel about it, you got a new rulebook on the way, which is cool. Ooh. Uh, in other news, at the Age of Sigmar world, they keep trickling Ooh. out some information Ooh. about the malign portents. Ooh. And it's really important. I'm not sure exactly what it means yet, but um, and if you check that, uh, the website, that it kind of gives you, like, the information about what's occurring. They've revealed so far uh, three of the malign portents. And what that is, in case you don't get it, a portent is like a sign of what's to come. Um, they've showed the field, the icon, and the ship. Ooh, I and like the ship. The ship is my favorite. It's a spooky the, ship. I think we're gonna get skeleton pirates. I yeah, hope cool. so. Yeah. Well, no, because the ship I would think indicates um, Eldar. What the hell are they called? Elves. Well, well, they you show they, every time they when they talk about the ship, they were showing like skeletons. You think stuff. the ship is sailed? I think it's a dread ship. Mm. Ooh, what? A dread ship. A dread. Oh, dread ship. Like that? Know what I want? Know what I want? Yeah. I'm not hiring. I want Pirates of Dark Water. Ooh. Yeah. That was such a good cartoon. I freaking loved it as a kid. Do you think this uh, is leaning more towards like the end of times? Do you well, think it's end times? What if they end Sigmar? time Age like, of and then it goes back to fantasy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Work out, boys. Like, oh, Blow up that right, world too. Right, so sure. the only thing that I think is interesting about this is that, like, they're basically saying it's the the end of the Age of Sigmar. Oh, oh boy! But they're not. I mean, <laughs> they're like now back to square basing. <laughs> yeah, it work out. And bricks. They're not saying it directly, but they're like, yeah, like the Age of Sigmar was the Age of Hope, where the forces of order counterattacked chaos. And kind of reclaimed area for the, the the races of order to build cities and live and prosper in relative peace, and that that's coming to an end. So I'm like, so that's like, what age are we going into now? The age of Aquarius? Ooh, well, the thing is, they didn't give a lot of time. Yeah, was, I was waiting to, that to was slip that you one. You were waiting for that one this whole time. I've been waiting for that. You were the notes. Came like, out. But it's just, it's like interesting because it's like didn't wasn't that the big thing like and it just happened and it just like happened less than a year ago yeah but now like, I mean in the game it's been hundreds of years but um, they might be accelerating just because of the popularity you know, of maybe what's gonna happen change. is it's gonna turn into like the golden age and then it's just gonna keep going and then eventually they're gonna get to year forty thousand and it'll just True. combine into forty yeah. k <laughs> they just like, open a warp portal and like, here we go <laughs> you're like oh well, the thing right. the thing that I think is interesting is like it's it's it seems kind of strange like. The Age of Sigmar was the age of like orders fighting back, mm -hmm. pushing chaos back. It's like you, you know, think we would have a few more campaign books, or so, like, or, or I, I don't know, yeah. like I don't know, I don't know, like I, I think because 40k is in this perpetual state of near crisis, 
that it's the age like we're in the age of darkness in 40k then maybe they're like yeah that works better you know it's possible like the, the the forces of good are beleaguered and assaulted on all sides i don't know it's interesting right and, and the other thing that is also interesting is in sigmar most of the factions are are bad you know you have chaos destruction and death mm-hmm. none of which i would call good and then you have order and they're like ah <laughs> sort of uh, just assaulted on all sides so mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with, with Age of Sigmar because um, definitely like it was going super red hot and then 8th edition came in like a wrecking ball and Miley yeah. Cyrus everything. Um, I mean, that's that's true. That, that is true. We're not saying that because we don't like Age of Sigmar, but 40K is really... I mean, all the players that were like, I hate 40K, I'm going to play Age of Sigmar because it's so different. Most, not most, but a lot of them are like, oh, I'm back to 40K. Yeah, like Age of Sigmar has not been shrinking. It's just been kind of like staying steady, Eddie. Right. And um, I feel some of the releases were not, like Carriage on Overlords, right? New army, new models. I just, I, I think it didn't get the bang that we were really expecting. You don't see a lot of people using them. You don't, you know, it's just, it doesn't it's seem. It's a popular faction. It's just that, like, right now your attention's not on Age of Sigmar. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And I, I don't get why. Like, we're so busy. It's, mm-hmm. it's really hard to focus on two systems, but. Um, I, I'm really curious to see where, where this goes, what they're trying to do with it. Um, and I'm really curious to see where they take the game because I think when you compare the two systems, like they definitely uh, took a lot of the ideas from Major Sigmar and 8th Ed 40K and I think improved on them. So I, I would love to see some of those rules go back to, to go into uh, Age of Sigmar. I mean, I still love Age of Sigmar. I love how simple it is. Um, it's like one of the easier games. Like you could sit down with a friend and pretty much teach them how to play Age of Sigmar in like an hour and a half. Like it's really, really great in that way. Um, building a list is super easy. The models are beautiful. Um, I think it's a really, really fun and great game. Um, it's just very different than 40K. Like like you said, they brought over some of the rules and like tweaked them, but it is its own game, just like 30K, which I think is cool. Um, but it also does take people away from 40K and people to play in 40K get taken away from Age of Sigmar as well. So. I mean, you could totally do both. We do. It's just we haven't had a chance. With the rapid codex release, it's just uh, paced. It's been really difficult to do both. Yeah. But um, at, any way, at any rate, there's exciting stuff coming for Age of Sigmar. Um, I can't wait for them to release another faction. I know with 40K trying to slog through all the codexes, it's been really difficult. There's no room in the release schedule. Mm-hmm. But um, I think what, what, what a lot of people are going to be waiting for, and I know what I'm really excited for, is they've kind of hinted at elves. Um, a lot of like the teaser images that they put up, <clears throat> to me, would indicate like a kind of a nautical theme. I would that makes me think dark. They look dark kind of Eldar. like they look like Eldar. Like the the what they've shown with the teaser images so they far, like elf it looks stuff. like it looks like an Eldar. Yeah, <laughs> like weapons well, and stuff. I I, can't I would wait, blame dude. them for for transitioning over to a more aesthetic like Eldar because it'd probably be easier. I feel, but well, know, I mean, they, we have the Sigmarines. So. If they update them, I th- you, who knows, right? Who knows what we're right. gonna get? But I would love to see them the elves get the new treatment because the new models are absolutely brilliant yeah so i mean we'll see what happens but uh for age of sigmar players stay tuned i know you guys have been patiently waiting through the deluge of 40k um and uh we'll see what this brings but um Mm -hmm. check out that website uh their uh, animated videos kind of don't really explain much but they show you like what the field the icon Mm -hmm. and the ship mean and the icon looks pretty cool guys kind of spooky Mm. Big statue and lightning strikes. He turns into a skeleton. I was Whoa. like, oh, all, right. all right. It's like magic. Wow. Yeah, it is like magic. Can they do that? What, what? statues turn, turn into a skeleton? Um, yeah. They can. In they the, did. There's, if there's a malign portent. That's spooky. Buddy. 
can't can't wait. Yeah, I'm interested to see where they go with it. Um, but on to Las Vegas Open News. So we had a few slots open for the 40K champs and for the 40K friendly. For those of you on the wait list, we uh, sent out an email. Uh, you all get first shot at those tickets, obviously, because you're on the wait list. Most of them have already been bought. Uh, I think there's two left for the friendly and like three or four left for the champs. So if you did want to go and you missed out, uh, because we've had cancellations, uh, jump in there, please grab those tickets ASAP. Like I said, most of them are already gone, but we do have a handful left. Uh, and the deadline to get a refund on your tickets is coming up in, like, I think this is the last week. It's the Next 27th. Week. Yeah. Yeah, the 27th is the deadline to get a, a refund on tickets. After that, uh, we're sorry, but there's, I don't care if your cat died and your mm. grandma hit you with a broom. What if your grandma ran over your cat? That would be horrible. Yeah, it would probably be worse for grandma than for, for, for you. But um, after that, it's, it's unfortunately, there's no matter what the story is, we've gotten all kinds of really uh, bummer stories, but uh, that is it. No really more. heartwarming stories, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. sometimes it's really, it's like I lost my job. And like, ooh. Yeah. That so it's like I have to go and like cure the AIDS virus. And I'm like, sorry. Yep. Yeah. And like, what, we, what we'll do is we'll help you transfer it if we can. Um, but at that point, we cannot issue refunds yeah. because of all the bills that we have. So. Well, we've already spent the money. Sorry, yes. Yeah. Uh, and we can't get it back. And that's why we, we have that policy. But like Frankie said, you can transfer your ticket up until the 25th. It's the day before the event starts. We allow you to transfer the ticket. All you have to do is they pay you. You email us and say, hey, please put my ticket in this person's name. Yep. Easy peasy. So uh, just getting that information out there because inevitably someone's like two weeks before the event, I need to cancel it. We're like, well, you can't. And they're like, what? Like, yeah, it's been up there since for two years now. <laughs> that information's been on the site. So uh, it is what it is. But uh, at any rate, if you do want to grab one of those tickets, please jump in and get them quickly because I'm sure they're going to be gone uh, real quick. And once we pass that threshold for uh, the cutoff for any kind of refunds, we will be then asking everybody to uh, go over to the Best Coast Pairings website, download the app, upload your list. You don't have to do it right away, um, but do it before the event. And uh, it's going to be really good for everybody because as soon as you start uploading your lists into the Best Coast Pairing app, people will start looking at them. Hopefully we can catch any errors which inevitably are going to occur. Um, it's in your best interest to get your list out there. You know, don't worry that someone's going to like, I don't know, no one's going to try and build against your list because they have a one. It, yeah, yep. The odds that you play anybody else are really low unless you go the distance. So Yeah, and up yeah. until the event, you can actually change your list in yeah. the app. So um, any tweaks and stuff like that that you make, you can just re-upload your list. Okay. And just remember, a good rule of thumb is if you think you found something that no one else has ever found and you have this amazing trick, it's probably an illegal list. We call that the architect maneuver. Yeah, the architect <laughs> does it a lot. Architects make a lot of mistakes. So... Uh, so yeah, just once uh, after December 27th, we're going to start pinging everybody saying, hey, go get the app, upload your list, uh, and just make it easy on yourself. You know, it's, it's going to be better for everybody to do that. So please do. And then before round one of the 40K championships event, we're going to have players swap lists, take a close look at them, take a couple minutes, take a really close look, ask your opponent, walk through it, make sure it's, you know, all legible, all the points are listed. And that will hopefully give us one last chance to catch anything before the tournament really starts. Um, you know, if, if you put on an extra melt bomb or whatever the hell Tony did that one time or 
Um, you put Berserkers down at 17 points instead. They're supposed to be... Or forget to pay for a bolt pistol. On yeah, the to take one. something like that. Hopefully, that's the last chance to catch it before it's too late. Um, and then just to let you guys know the way we typically handle it, um, if you have a unit where you, you paid the wrong points for a melt gun for example, you paid too few, you put down 15 instead of 17, um, usually what we do is we pull the unit. Uh, if your detachment's illegal, for example, you had the wrong HQ or whatever the hell the case may be, we're going to pull the whole detachment, which is going <laughs> to be kind of a bummer for the rest of the event. Um, and if you go further into the event and before we find out, we usually just unfortunately disqualify you as we had to do at the SoCal Open. Um, that's a bummer. We don't, we don't want to do that. And the same thing goes for models. Uh, make sure they have three colors and are based. Um, we will pull them off the table. We will pull them off. Luckily, we only had to do it to two players at the LVO, or SoCal. Yep. Um, but we would like to do it to zero players at LVO. So please, please, please take the time to get three colors on all your models and base. Are we going to have the shame bell? <laughs> we should. Shame. Yeah. Everyone shame. starts just chanting shame when somebody gets Obviously. called out for that. Or dunce cap. Dunce cap is good. That, you have to like wear it, it for the yeah. entire game. Yeah. 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 Or it's like you don't have to pull your models off, but you have to wear the dunce cap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, but we will. We will pull your models. Like, yeah. it, like we've done it. It sucks. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the guys we did it to is a Marine Corps sniper. I was actually quite scared. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, he was, but I, he's an awesome guy. There's one guy that we pulled his models off, and he still won like every game. Yeah. We took out like half his army. No, that was, that was uh, Alex. That was Alex. <laughs> yeah. He, we had to pull him off, and he won all his games. <laughs> and then he painted them that night, and then the next day he lost his games. Yeah, he lost all his it's games. Like you should have just played without him, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, and we're not messing around. We will do it. So don't don't make us. It's not fun. Uh, and the same goes if you have a really if you have a really janky conversion trying to be a, a Forge World model. Mm -hmm. Like if you, like a, the example that we're going to use because it's unfortunately probably going to happen is if you've got some piece of crap that you're calling a Fire Raptor, we will take it off the table. If you're in doubt at all, take a picture of it, send it to contact at frontlinegaming.org. That's my email address, and I will uh, give you a yes or no. And that way you don't have an unpleasant surprise at the event because that will suck for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to use an example of a and good then you, friend. you'll be stuck in Vegas. Yeah, you're oh, going to be all done. Doing nothing. I'm going to use an example of a friend and a teammate, although he hasn't been active lately. Old Steve Smith. Stave. Stave, Stave Stiff. He, uh, he had some of the shittiest... Conversions about? of everything. Conversions were not that bad. <laughs> no, he, he had like a last cannon on a base. On a on a on a paperclip. Right. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's yeah, innovation. It's true. He's a, a genius. <laughs> Before his time, this man. <laughs> the worst. What was it that he was using as like a vulture? Oh, that was his custom made oh vulture, my. dude. That thing was amazing that until thing? Jason threw it across the room. No, that was his own. That was my own. Oh, that was your own. Got to see if it flew. It didn't fly. <laughs> it did for a while. <laughs> it flew until it hit the wall. It didn't know how to pull up. That was a beautiful thing. army that we painted for you, too. You That's dick. true. Uh, but, yeah, Steve took, like, straws. They're, like, like sippy straws. And he, like, put them on the front. And he's like, That's a machine gun. And I was like, No, mm -hmm. it's not. Or, or pajama pants one time, horrible, heinous conversion. He put PVC pipes uh -huh. on the back of a chimera and said it was, like, a griffin or something. And I was like, my God, what this? There's got to be standards here. This yeah. is awful. Would well, be okay, like if they were like well painted, but like these guys are just like priming no. them, yeah, and dry <laughs> like, brushing them. You're like, like, what is that, like, dude? No way. If you take the time and do like a super nice paint job and like add some nice basing and stuff, maybe you can yeah. get the pass. But effort counts for a lot. If you prime it and dry brush it, get out of get here. Get out of here. 
So and, and if you think you're one of the players that has a good chance of making the, the finals, the finals are a lot stricter even than the championships. Uh, for the to, to go to the final eight for the Las Vegas Open 40K championships, uh, we have a couple extra rules that if you don't comply, either because you can't or you won't, then you don't get to go. One of which is you have to use the dice that we provide. We get actual casino dice. Um, and then we give them to you. You get to keep them. They're, they're expensive as hell. Really cool, but you have to use them. If you don't want to, tough shit. We'll take the next person in line. Uh, the other one is that if your army is not presentable to be played on the stream in front of thousands of people, you don't get to go. So if you think you're one of the people that is can can make it, make sure your army is up to snuff. If it looks like crap, we're not putting you in front of the world to represent the hobby. Uh, tough. That's just the way it is. So it, we're, we're basically, if you're fully painted and based, you're good to go. But if you're, again, if you have any doubts, take a picture of your army and shoot it away. And uh, we'll, we'll tell you if you need to make any changes. We had to do that with uh, Nick Nonavani last year. He was using some pretty questionable brimstone horrors. I think that they were Count Chocula uh, marshmallows. I'm, I'm not kidding. I think it was. Yeah. I think they were actually marshmallows from cereal. He put on a base, and I was like, "No, under no circumstances are we putting that out there. Get, get out of here with that it's stuff." Pretty genius, though. It was funny. I mean, I, I can I, I can laugh. It is. It, yeah. it is funny. But like, please remember, like, we're trying to represent the hobby and, and get right. more people involved. The games workshop is there. Yeah. Like, like watching. Like, come on. It is funny, haha. To RTT, sure, but anything bigger than that, come on, have some respect for the game. So anyway, enough of that. Um, we did make one false, uh, one final small change to the ITC Champions missions based on a high volume of feedback that we got. Uh, the Gangbusters secondary mission was modified to only apply to units of three wound models or more. Um, and based on, we had a lot of feedback. People were like, hey, I play Seekers of Slanesh and a uh, big unit gives up the Reaper and it gives up Gangbuster and it's like just not worth taking them. And I was like, yeah. We talked about it and we we're like, yeah. Terminator is same thing. Um, there, we don't want to put any more negatives on playing, you know, Terminators or whatever two wound models you may have. So just be aware of that. That was the last change we're going to make. Uh, it's three wound models, units of three wounds models or more for uh, Gangbusters. Yep. Uh, GW also announced the beta rules, which is really exciting uh, for psychic focus and targeting characters. They made some pretty significant changes to the way those work. Uh, psychic focus, every time you cast smite, the next uh, time you cast, it's minus one. The next one after that's minus two, minus three, so on and so forth. Um, minus to your roll that you're rolling in. Yeah. Not to the ability itself. You don't need a four to cast smite at that point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's a penalty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Not, uh, yeah, it doesn't make it easy. Your threshold to cast doesn't get easier. Yeah. Thank, yeah. You, thank you for clarifying that. Uh, and also for targeting characters, a lot of people were questioning if uh, if it was the number of wounds you currently have. No, it's the wound characteristic. Um, that would be awesome. That was so silly yeah. when people were trying to do yeah, that. I was like, like oh, I've been wounded a couple times. I was times. like, just apply some common sense here, people. Like, come on. Like, Magnus is this towering guy and he gets hit in the face and he's like, I can't see him now. Where'd he go? No, that's not the way that it works. Uh, and then also, characters don't block for other characters. Uh, meaning if you are running the flying wedge of assassins or some other thing, um, they don't block line of sight to each other anymore. 
And that means also one unit can target multiple characters, which was one of the re reasons that that was so effective. Yeah. You know, uh, you had to kill one before you could kill the next. Mm -hmm. That's all gone now. Uh, that is in effect in the Las Vegas Open and Adepticon, as it said in the article. And uh, please make sure that you are aware of how that works. Somebody's going to show up I know, with their army. It's going to happen. And it's going to just be great. He's all, here's 20 assassins. And the guy's like, well, I just killed six in one go. He's like, oh. Yeah. Yep. Be aware of that. Um, That's going to happen. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Uh, also, just want to make sure that everybody's aware and prepared. Gird your loins. Because uh, the as we've been saying, ever since the announcement of the Demon Codex was made, that will be in use at the Las Vegas Open. So if you play Chaos, if you play Demons, play against them, make sure you are prepared for possible changes, possibly big changes uh, to that faction. And that's going to be like the last... A uh, bit of new material that's going to come in before the LVO. And um, if there's an associated FAQ that comes out with the book, so long as that comes out more than a week before the event, that will also be in effect. So just be prepared for that because you don't want to get caught off guard. Uh, if you want to take any classes with Anhil Geraldes, there are classes about to sell out. Please jump in to the web cart and grab those. Again, Anhil Geraldes is widely considered to be one of the best miniatures painters in the world. And uh, there's going to be some really cool stuff. Uh, also, a uh, really, really prestigious German airbrush manufacturer just jumped on board with us, and I'm drawing a blank on the name. It's like Harmer Steinbeck, and I will get that in the show notes so that you all know what to expect, but they're going to be there, and as I understand it, they're considered to be like one of the best airbrush manufacturers in the world. So, nice. That's really exciting. Cool. Yeah. And it's th those are the brushes that Anhel uses. Right. So Cool. Very cool. And then the, uh, the room block. We didn't mention that, but it's important. Please do. Yep. So if you are waiting at your rooms, like a lot of people just wait and wait and wait because they don't want to spend any money up front. You know, they don't pay for it. So you go. Uh, the room block is ending at the end of this week, right? It's closing. Yep. Yeah. So make sure you, you go on and get there. You get your rooms. Um, the block is discounted rates. So 25th is the last day. It is a di discounted yeah. rate. So if you want to stay at Bally's, which we extremely recommend that you do, yeah. you do not want to be walking around with all your stuff. Yeah. Um, Go, please, book your room. The link is in the show notes. Uh, after the 25th, our group rate goes away. So uh, please do that. Don't wait. Um, jump in there and grab that room. And it is definitely, definitely, definitely in your – you will have more fun if you stay at the hotel. Right. And, yeah. and the weather in Vegas can be rainy. It can be really cold. I mean, I think it snowed when you were there. So It's usually hot. It is January? the desert. No. It was, it was like January, snowing it can one get, time. It can get cool, yeah. Yeah, one of the years it actually snowed. When we were there. So it can be really cool. So if you're planning on just going to a Motel 6, you know, two miles away and walking to the hotel, um, maybe think about that. Even if it looks on the map like it's close, it's not. Right. Vegas there's not a lot of places huge. that you can cross the street. And there's um, people everywhere. If you're trying to carry all your miniatures, it's going to suck. Right. Trust, trust yeah, us. I mean, it, it rained one year. I mean, yeah. it snowed one year. Like, it, it really well, yeah, is. It actually has us rain twice when we were there. Yeah, it's it's really high up in altitude yeah. there. So Plus, it does. It also helps us if you stay at the hotel. Yeah. So. That, that's Most it. importantly, it does help yeah. us. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it definitely, it helps us to negotiate better deals with the hotel the more people that come and stay. So, uh, yeah, please do grab your hotel room this week if you mm -hmm. have not done so yet. Right. And then also, Frankie, why don't you cover this one? Big shout out to... Yeah, uh, Scott Duvall. He lives in uh, Australia, I believe. Um, unfortunately, he's not able to make it to the LVO, but he purchased a high roller package and a 40K champs. And he's going to give those to uh, some lucky person in the community um, that wasn't able to afford to go to the LVO. So he's just, he wants to show his support and he loves everything uh, that 
it has to do with this hobby and he wants to give his ticket to somebody that mm -hmm. may or may not be able to afford it. So well, that's extremely generous because yeah. we could have given him his money back. And yep. he said, let's give it to somebody who can't afford to go. And that's just a really, really generous thing to do, especially this time of the year. Just Again, really yeah. uncharacteristic of Australians in general. So, <laughs> yeah, they're, Good not, job, Scott. Well, I believe he's the, Australian. Uh, Don't quote me on that. You, might you know, his ancestors are probably be turning over in their Got graves. Every, every show, one, uh, one Australian. Well, they're, they are... They are uh, all criminals in their past. That's true. Oh my That's true. Goodness. That's why they call each other mate. But thank you very much. Yeah. That was really nice of you, Scott. Um, That's too. We'll, we'll let you know who we <laughs> give it to, and uh, that person, I'm sure, will be stoked. Yes, your family's honor has been somewhat redeemed. Mm -hmm. You can move back. <laughs> I'm sure he's making up for something in the past. He's, <laughs> he's yeah. like, you can come back to the UK. He's like, no, it's okay. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I'm good. Australia's kind of nice and sunny. Uh, yeah. And of course, we're teasing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Australians are still criminals at heart. Mm. Speaking you, of which, yeah, you, from my gaming Australia, the <laughs> web card is up and running. If you want to buy stuff from us and you're in Australia, <laughs> especially after that there. glowing endorsement. <laughs> See, I was a little on the nose. Yeah. Okay. No, that was funny. Uh, also, Australians are really good at taking jokes. But uh, that is important, though, the next announcement. Yeah. From my gaming Australia, <laughs> web card is up and running, taking orders. Mm -hmm. uh, if you do want to get an FLG mat or ITC terrain, Head on over, check it out. Uh, the warehouse is based in the Gold Coast. Mm -hmm. So it'll save you a lot of shipping. A lot. A lot, as opposed to get ordering from the, and taxes. the West Coast of the USA. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, significantly more affordable to order uh, for Australian and even uh, New Zealand customers too mm -hmm. uh, from the Frontline Gaming Australian web cart. So jump over and check it out if that applies to you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so some of you may have already been following the Primaris Marine project that we kicked off. Uh, we're going to be building an all Primaris Marine army. We're going to be playing it with lots of different um, sets of rules to try and really determine how competitive or not Primaris Space Marine armies are. And it's already gotten a lot of attention. I think that's um, a lot of people have been trying to figure out how to play Primaris Marine armies well. Mm -hmm. uh, don't know where to start. It is a little bit, uh, it's a lot different than playing normal Space Marines. So uh, we've got this going. We've already got the army um, being built. And one of the other things we really want to show off with it is we're going to be uh, showcasing the tournament standard paint level. It's a new paint level from our paint studio. And basically it is what it says. Mm -hmm. It gets you an army up to the tournament standard, you know, three, four colors based. And uh, it's very affordable. Mm -hmm. It's quick. And um, we really want to get that out there because I know a lot of people uh, may enjoy painting or they may not. And they just they don't want to spend a ton of money, but they want their army to be uh, suitable to go to an event. Whether it's ours or somebody else's, it doesn't matter. Or maybe you just want the army to be built and base coded, and then you can go in and do the detail work later, mm -hmm. which is what appeals to me. Um, this is what uh, this is perfect for that. So definitely keep an eye on that. It's going on the Frontline Gaming blog. And according to the vote, we had almost 500 people, I think, have voted now. Blood Angels was number one, followed by Ultramarines and Raven Guard. So we'll test them in that order and let people know. Uh, we're going to be documenting everything. So it should be really cool to see how that uh, develops. What do you guys think is the best set of chapter tactics for Primaris Marines? Ultramarines. And why? Because you like you like Bobby G? Mm -hmm. I don't like Bobby G, but he is good. <laughs> he gives you rerolls the hit, rerolls the yeah. wound. Uh, you With Ultramarines chapter tactics, you can leave combat and still shoot. That's the main one. Um, because the uh, like intercessors have two wounds each, they're extremely hard to kill. And then they just leave combat and still shoot you. Yeah. yeah. It's very powerful. What do you think, Jason? <laughs> Um, I like Raven Guard. 
Yeah. Just fill infiltrating um, abilities, um, you know, the better saves, you know, and cover all that kind of good stuff. No, they're minus one to hit. Right? Yeah, it's minus yeah one so hit. it's better. I just think overall Raven Guard are better. Um, but Dark Angels, I think, is a close second for me just because of the plasma options that Primaris Marines have. And, and if they you don't mix need babysitting it, by characters. So. If you mix in non-Primaris uh, models in there, Azrael, it works really, really well. Azrael and Asmodai mm -hmm. complement them extremely well. It gives them a four plus plus, gives them an extra attack. Right. The Dark Shout gives you minus one to be hit. I think Dark Angels are going to be really good. Um, mm -hmm. I actually think Blood Angels are the best, personally, for uh, Primaris Marines. Because the, the Red Thirst is just so good. Uh, they have really good psychic powers, too. Um, I think that the, the Blood Angels are going to perform extremely well. But um, it's going to be really interesting to see. So uh, I think this is going to be fun. I think it's going to be really informative. And uh, we'll definitely keep that coverage going as we learn more about it. So a uh, big shout out to the Rhino and Val Heffelfinger. They crunched a lot of data uh, from the BCP database about ITC participation for the 2017 season. And uh, if you wanna get a really in-depth look at that, listen to the last Chapter Tactics podcast. It's already blowing up. It's getting huge download numbers for obvious reasons, very interesting. And uh, it's really cool. Some of the information that we're, we're pulling out of this is very telling. I think it's very exciting. And we wanted to cover some of the highlights um, uh, out of that information. And uh, the Val and I are working on a, a really in-depth analysis. We're going to work up an article. It's going to take probably a week or two, but um, our goal is to get it out before the end of the year. And we're going to really drill down into the data because uh, it's super interesting. And uh, Val is a, a statistician or a mathematician, uh, and he's very good at breaking down that information. And I'll write funny stuff uh, to kind of highlight but Val's doing most of the hard work. <laughs> what the? But I'll put in a funny joke. Yeah. I'll put in some jokes and stuff. Quotation mark jokes. Australian yeah. jokes. Uh, I will only make fun of all In Aussies. English major jokes. Yep. I will English only major jokes? make fun of, uh, what's that horrible paste that they eat? Vegemite. Vegemite? Oh, I actually yeah. liked it. Oh. When Adrian brought it over, he was like, try it. And I was like, it's pretty good. It's yeah. good. You put a little butter on it, it's okay. Just take the butter and skip the Vegemite. Yeah. <laughs> So at any rate, uh, let's talk about some of the kind of the key data points um, that we gleaned at this early stage. So ITC participation is way up. Uh, in 2016, we had 5,575 unique participants. In 2017, we're up to 6,333 for the 40K uh, side of things. Uh, obviously, that's a, a big increase. And uh, how much of that is just due to the ITC just growing and more people becoming aware of it? Because there's still a lot of people who don't even know what it is. Um, and how much of it is due to 8th edition, you can only guess. I'd say it's probably a combination of both. But it's exciting to see that kind of growth. And if you rewind the clock, four years, we have 500 people <laughs> participating total. Boom. Not, I think it was a little under 500, actually. And uh, that's a lot of growth over the last four or five years. It's a little bit. It's been pretty smooth, too. Yeah, it's, it's been pretty crazy. I miss the days, though, of the, like, the the... The Tau mob that would come after us. Oh, it's and still like about happens. like yeah, you 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 kill Tau, you nerf him, you hate him. What's wrong with you? I miss all that. That was like the <laughs> good don't. old Western days. We still get that. There was still a guy that came on the blog yeah. like a couple months ago, and he was like explaining to me why I hated Tau and uh, tanked him. Mm -hmm. well, that's pretty like, cool that he knew. Well, it's a deep seated hatred. Everything about you. He, he, yeah. he was like it goes hate, real deep. He's like it's subconscious. That's why you're not even aware of what you're doing. Yeah. I was like. Yeah. He's like, when you drink that glass of Jack every yeah. night before you go to sleep, you just hate you're Tau. You just hate you're Tau. Just like, oh, man. Yeah. You're like, wait yeah. a minute. 
How'd you know about my glass of Jack? Yeah, how'd, how'd you I've know been about watching you. It's your roommate. <laughs> it's, it was Marvin. Yeah, it's the guy. It's Marvin. Marvin's the he's one. The <laughs> he's on his computer. He's, like, he's at it Marvin again. doesn't even know what the ITC is. <laughs> Marvin's like the most chill dude in the world. He he's playing Flames, Flames of War, War right now. Yeah. yeah, it actually looks like a lot of fun, man. Like they were all like talking. How old are you now? He's gonna start going. It's getting more and more appealing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, when I hit forty, I'm like, "Play the War, the greatest game ever." Yeah, yeah, you're gonna start putting together your Roman legions. No, it, it, when, it, when it goes to like leather stocking, like, yeah, this was the the War of 1812. Where he shows up in a kilt, he's ready to rock. Uh, a utility kilt, and that makes it oh, stylish. Course, yeah. The leather kilts are pretty cool. Uh, leather kilts yeah you've seen those people wear i haven't seen those what where are you hanging out jason <laughs> all right at my cousin's wedding i wore a traditional uh kilt but that's was it traditional kilt. yeah well that's because he's they told you. they told you were you wearing underwear of course not one of the wedding photos wasn't fit he normally wears underwear <laughs> they're like do something funny and i did one of these and they're like that we can't put that that picture's never seen a light of day and i was like oh i understand why you're like yeah that doesn't see the light very i often. understand why you know who has that photo my cousin yes <laughs> i just the keeper of photos, photos. Yeah. Uh, I'm making an album yeah like all right guys do something silly and I'm just <laughs> it's like okay that's not good jason's like the you have like the black library, Jason. I do. Oh, I have the worst photos, photos of yeah. everybody. He's just got, got like a file with everybody. He's, like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, one day I will get my revenge. It's for on your. Him. It's for your funeral. Sometimes you know, you'll walk into Jason, put him like into the casket. room where Jason is. You'll look at his screen, and it's a screensaver of your face. You're like, what the hell, Jason? <laughs> He's like, oh, it, it, it's there. I've been doing the last four hours. <laughs> it's like a bad picture. <laughs> editing this photo. Yeah. yeah. All right, and in other data, what is really interesting though is not just the growth in participation in ITC events. But the dramatic increase in the number of people going to more events. So I think this is really interesting, right? Uh, and we can interpret the data in multiple ways. But the number of, of ITC attendees going to three events in a single season went up 58%. That's crazy. Do we know, question one, do we know the player that went to the most events in a year? In question two, is his name James Carmona? I think it was actually Josh Death went to like, he went. He averaged. It was one, uh, two events a month mm -hmm. for the whole year. He went to like twenty six events or something like that. Pablo's is motioning. We actually do know, so we know you, James Carmona. James went <laughs> to a lot of events, but he didn't go to twenty plus. No. Julio, I think, actually set the record. That was in two thousand sixteen. Julio right. went to like he went to thirty events. Or something events. Like yeah, that. He went to four a month. Yeah, <laughs> he's kind of falling off the radar these days, but yeah, he went to a lot of events yeah. back in the day. Uh, but generally speaking. Uh, people are going to more events. And the way I interpret that data is that people are becoming more aware of, of getting their points, um, probably enjoying 8th edition a lot. The general consensus is very positive. And people are now motivated to go to more events. And I think that that's really cool. Yeah, I think, um, I think also there's probably a lot more events now, maybe yep. more events participating in ITC. So um i think that's great uh, anybody that goes out and runs an rtt and stuff like you guys are doing your part to bring the hobby to more people so yeah it, it, really that, appreciate it that's the goal a lot of people never really understood what we were trying to do the whole point the whole purpose of the itc was to get more people energized and motivated to to participate and then to empower people to become community organizers yep. we're trying to say here's everything you need to run a league to run an event We'll help you get your event from an RTT to a GT to a major 
we'll, we'll share the information that we have. Mm -hmm. And then here, there's a reason to go to more events. You can get your points. It's fun. You make friends. So it's really encouraging to see that it's working. Uh, and then th this one is crazy. The number of, of uh, attendees that went to four events is up 84%. That's almost double. That's nuts. Yeah. Right? The average uh, ITC event was over 20 participants. So if you have local events and you want to grow them, it's you know, pretty much hard data here showing that you will get more people. Uh, if you advertise that you're in the league uh, or in the circuit, it's going to help you to grow your events because people want to come get their points, participate, have fun. That's all really encouraging uh, information. Yeah, I remember I when back in the day when we were just uh, participants uh, playing in 40K, I would always go on the Daka Daka and they, they basically had like a database where they would post all the tournaments that yeah. were in the area. So you'd mm -hmm. be able to find what tournaments you would go to and stuff. And you'd be like, oh, sweet, there's one in two weeks. Oh, there's one over here in three weeks. Mm -hmm. Cool. And it's the same thing with ITC. The calendar is great. People just go on there and they're able to find what events they want yeah. to go to. So. It's, it, back in the day, it was hard. Like people who started getting in the bug and they wanted to go to tournaments, like how do I find them? Yeah. Like you couldn't even find where they were. And now it's become a lot easier to do, especially just if you want go to the Best Coast Pairings website, they have a huge database of events. And they actually have data now that shows like factually that you will get more people coming. Yeah. Um, not just for 40k for a lot of wide variety of right. events too that it just helps to to inform people of where they can go have fun mm -hmm. uh, it, it's generally all around been a tremendous benefit share this data with your um your local game store yep let them know if they're on the fence like i don't know if i want to make this an itc event be like well look at the growth of this i mean we can tell you that you will have people traveling distance to go to your yep. game store and spend to money play. And yeah. they'll spend money, even if, if they're buying, you know, 10 Mountain Dews. I think you yeah. die if you have, you probably become sterile. They're still buying 10 those. Mountain Dews. <laughs> still Two buying bucks them. a can. There you go. And you know what's funny is that in the gaming, uh, in, the, in the game store industry, your best margins are often on it's soda. It's on the food. The yeah. soda and the chips. You buy the chips from Costco, you sell them for two bucks, you buy them for you know, It's sad, but it's true. Piece. That is often where a lot of stores survive. It's true. And Magic yep. Cards. Yeah. Well, actually, it depends, man. Magic is uh, not always as profitable as people think it is. But uh, some other really interesting um, stats that we uh, gleaned. Forge World Army usage fell significantly, and that's largely because there's just not a lot to go off of. Uh, but generally speaking, there's more factions being played more frequently than in 7th edition. Uh, there's more variety, which I think is very cool. Uh, out of uh, 7,187 recorded 8th ed games so far this season, which against, what, six, seven months? Mm -hmm. Six months? There's a, that's how many games have been played and recorded. Uh, generally speaking, there's a couple different ways to slice up this data, but generally speaking, the, the best performing army has been Chaos Space Marines. Mm. They had the most podium finishes, uh, followed very closely by Astra Militarum, and in third place, uh, Space Marines. And you can probably even like just say what is causing those things to, to win. Well, it's, it's, you know, you got the Malefic Lords, you got the, the Cultist Mom, and you got... Well, Chaos Space Marines, actually, Malefic yeah. Lords aren't Chaos Space Marines. Now, they but they're going to be in that list. They would have some. Yeah. Now, the Chaos Soup was fourth. Yeah. And, well, if I remember correctly, they were fourth. And that was, like, all, you know, horrors and Malefic Lords and, and stuff like that. But uh, Ash Militarum, generally speaking, was pretty much all Ash Militarum. Maybe, you know, they throw Celestine in there or something like that. Uh, and that's, I don't think that surprises anybody. Lots of Premier Stikers. Yeah, a lot, well, that's definitely going to be reduced dramatically. Do you think but. you can put those three top finishing 
uh, factions in because they can smite spam? No, I wouldn't attribute it only to yeah. smite spam. Um, space Marines don't smite spam worth a damn. They, you don't even usually take a library in the Space Marine army. Okay. Uh, but I think it's really interesting because Space Marine players, generally speaking, have been kind of bemoaning that, oh, we can't keep up, we're not as good, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you are. The data shows that. Now, as we go into the 2018 season and more people have their books and there's more uh, options, we'll, we'll, it'll be, I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Well, you know what else is really interesting from the data? The number of Space Marine players is pretty freaking consistent. It goes up or down like less than is 5%. That, is that the, the highest oh, by a mile. player? So do you think that's why they're on the top three? I, I think that that's what's also holding them from not being number one is because right. so many people play them. Okay. Right? The average Space Marine player, and this is going to be really interesting too, uh, because they're the largest faction, mm -hmm. um, you're getting the biggest curve of, <clears throat> of, of low-skill, medium-skill, high-skill players. Gotcha. Um, Space Marines, actually, their average score in events is actually not very high. So it's the, 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 the players that aren't very good are really ruining it for the guys in the top. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if, if you had a smaller yeah. sample set, let's... You gotta tell like, your friends, don't play them if you're terrible. Yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here. Because it's funny because yeah. through 7th edition, 8th edition, through the changes in 8th edition, the number of people playing Space Marines has been like steady Eddie. Right. It's like... Because you're going to have the guys that show up like, here's my two tactical squads and a rhino and here's, you know, yeah. <laughs> here's my dreadnought with an assault cannon on foot. Yeah. That's what They're throwing off the curve. And it, they, they do, right? Yeah. And if you look at the number of first place finishes, Ash Militarum is, is in the lead by quite a bit, right? Like the people who are playing them are, who are playing them well are kicking ass. And then uh, Space Marines don't have as many first place finishes, but they're like right there underneath the top. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it's very, very interesting to take a look at that because Space Marines can absolutely compete. You have all the data there showing you that that is the case and that they're good. They're not only good at like finishing tournaments, right. they're, they're, they, they place really well, but in general terms... They're at the bottom half of performance right. in, in, as an average. I just love it. That the, the, <laughs> the thing that's the worst thing about playing at Adeptus Astartes is the players that are playing at Adeptus Astartes. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's <laughs> and everybody knows what they do too, right. right? So to win with them, you actually have to be a fairly skilled player, right? Because you're not pulling any shenanigans out of your hat in most cases. You're like, and here's Bobby G, yeah, and you guys like, oh, I played him three times uh, today, yeah. Here's three Devastator squads in cover, and they're Raven Guard. Yeah, and yeah, exactly, right. Everyone's like, okay. All right. Oh wait, where's your where's your relic uh, banner? Oh, there he is. Here's okay. the banner. I know this. I know the script here, uh, and I just think I find that to be very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, if you're a Space Marine player, you are not lagging behind. Yeah. Stop crying. You, but you also might be the cause of your <laughs> faction being really low <laughs> because of your player skill. So really, check your. Check your skill level. Darn bell check, start playing Necrons. Check your Space Marine privilege, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, we should just reach out to all the people with the lowest points of Adeptus Astartes and be like, here's a, a codex, an index for the Necrons. You, you belong well, with them. Okay, Necron players have been complaining, and you know what? <laughs> for good reason. They're the second worst average performing faction. Right, right above average, Death Watch, which has one unit. Behind but you know what? Space <laughs> seven points behind Space Marines. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's, that's really not that much. And what we're talking about, guys, too, is we took uh, the average mm. ITC event score for the faction, right? And you know what's interesting, though, is that Necron, uh, um, Necron, um, the amount of people playing it has gone up a little bit. Yeah. Right? They, it dropped significantly after, um, in 7th edition, they started strong and they, they dropped <laughs> off. Yeah. And now they're actually coming back up, even though they're performing pretty much at the very bottom <laughs> on average. They got some issues. Yeah. They'll have a, they'll have a codex in the year 2018. We think. Hopefully. We hope. 
so that's it's, it's it's very interesting. Now the best performing Xenos army. Mm, this is surprising. Orcs. It's not surprising. You know what? Actually, no, that doesn't surprise me at all. I, I started looking at the index with the orcs in it. I'm like, why aren't more people playing this? Well, They're really good. Yeah. It's also like the most hardcore like. Yeah, orc every players. Every single player that plays orcs are plays orc players. Orcs. They're yeah. very dedicated. Yes. So it, I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> I just I thought that that was interesting. Like I was expecting it to be like you know Eldar or something, but yeah. no. Generally speaking, now the Eldar have the, their codex. The Craft World codex is extremely strong. Mm -hmm. Th that number is going to change. New. It's newish. Yeah, and this you data know. doesn't include. There hasn't been the opportunity for Eldar to show their stuff yet, because right. this data set is from prior to that. Really, like the the Craft World codex has been out for a couple of weeks when we did this. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, works so far, as of the time of this data being collected, with the top performing. Uh, Xenos army, which is nice. really interesting. Now we look at the average ITC points. It's really important to note that some of these factions are not a statistically significant number of games. Mm -hmm. So like Renegades and Heretics is, you know, the average number of points with that army is 79, but that's because like two people played it and one guy won an event. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like, take that with a grain of salt because the numbers are really low. Another one is, um, uh, Adeptus Sororita, Sisters of Battle, are in one, two, three, four, fifth. But that there's two players that account for almost all the top scores. Mm -hmm. You're Frankie, welcome, guys. Frankie Frankie's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and because so few people play it, Adrian Genard is the other one who's done extremely well. Uh, like Adrian accounts for the majority of this average. Yeah, you and me, Adrian. Yeah, and We're then there's um, there's three of you. There's three of you that have been doing well with Sisters that jacked this score up because it's such a small sample set. Yeah. I thought that was really, really interesting. It's just where the elite players play, you know? Mm -hmm. That's where the players play? Okay, good. Uh, and then Dark Mechanicus is up there too, and again, there's... There's <laughs> probably like one guy. Dark like, Mechanicus is one guy who won an event. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's very few people. So bear that in mind. When you see these factions that are... Um, so is it the more players there are, the lower their average ITC points are? No, it, it, the, the, more, the more it's the, the more it swings because... If you have one outstanding player playing a faction that very few people are playing, mm -hmm. the numbers are going to get skewed. Right. And that's what happens a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody found a thing that's really good and it hasn't been copied yet. Right. And so they're kicking ass with it. Um, and that's why you see, you know, like Dark Mechanic. There's probably less than five people. Eldar Corsairs. Yeah. Well, Eldar Corsairs are not even really playable right now. And that's why they've dropped almost 100% in usage in 8th edition. <laughs> Now, another one that I thought was super interesting is that a lot of Gene Sealer cults, for very good reason, have been, players have been saying their faction is stinky in 8th edition, mm -hmm. but the people that stuck with it are doing really well. Uh, they're averaging 69 points per game, which is higher than Yanari. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I guess they're not as bad as you think they are, right? Like, they're doing yeah, pretty good. Do. <laughs> but then again, we have a, a there's a couple skilled players that are accounting for a lot of that. Which is so cool. um, now is this just the eighth edition, or is this, this all? This is just eighth edition. Okay. Yep. So it's really interesting. So jump in there and take a look at the data. Um, some of them that that surprised me, uh, uh, Adeptus Mechanicus is near the bottom, and I actually think it's a really strong codex. So uh, pretty interesting, although they're they're relatively new. Um, Space Wolves is Space, Space Wolves. wolves. <laughs> yeah. Not doing so good. But they have a lot Drukari. of good yeah, yeah, well, Drukari, if you don't use enough terrain, they really struggle. Um, that was pretty low, too. Grey Knights. <laughs> yeah. Take but that, Jason. Grey Knights, uh, uh, the number of people playing them mm. has gone up. Boom. They're good with other factions. Yes. Yeah, it's hard to play them solo. Yeah. 
So really interesting data. Um, we just wanted to give you guys kind of a taste of it. And uh, again, we're working on like an in-depth analysis and we'll, we'll be putting that out before the end of the year and keep an eye on Frontline Gaming and we'll uh, dig into that information because it's really cool. So we actually do have an ITC event this weekend. Ooh. Some hardcores up in Alaska. Dang. They're playing. Yep. At Christmas, Anchorage. don't matter none. I think that's great. I don't care about that's awesome. Yeah, up in Anchorage, Alaska, if you want to get in an event because your relatives are annoying you. Yeah, well, it's, it's Alaska, though, so they probably celebrate Christmas like all year round. It's always snowing. Every day. It's not always snowing. Always. Okay. 100% of the time. Yeah, Anchorage, I agree. It, it rains a lot. It's a fact. Oh. Yeah, yes. it always snows in Alaska. Always. So every every day. It's like the North day. Pole. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's where Santa lives. Yes. It's Alaska. <laughs> all right. If not, you can go to Australia where it's always sunny. True. All right, current top 10 40K ITC, Tony Grappando continues to lead the pack. He's up to 714 points. Struggle Domination. There. That is a big score. Is Tony coming to the LBO? I believe he, he is. It would be a shame if he didn't, because yeah. this is the first year where it's been this close. Right. Yeah. In years past, we've had one person that just kind of runs away with it, and this year it is definitely uh, it's anybody's game. right? It's really going to come down to who makes it to the top eight that's it's it's gonna be really exciting to see how this pans out mm -hmm. uh second place we have andrew gagno who um i hope he can make it his work might not might get in the way which mm. would suck because he's in a good position uh not, nick Nonavati is in third brandon grant the hometown hero local san diego hero in fourth no pressure brandon but you better win Although his uh, his list got nuked with chapter approved, so he's good. I mean, he can make any list. He's yeah, extremely yeah. good player. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Elong is in fifth. Matt Root in sixth. Tyler Devry in seventh. Eight is Sam Henley. Ninth, David Johansson and Trent Northington in tenth. Mm. Age of Sigmar top ten. Oh, Joe Cryer is going to be crying tears of shame because he's been dethroned by James. By Thomas. one point. <laughs> by uh, God, they're still all at four out of five. We still yeah, have not had a. Major, in a major, in it's, it's going to LVO is going to completely just shatter the rankings. I think most of them are going to be there too. They, so. I, most of them are, I think. David Rogers, you better come dressed up like a robot. <laughs> you haven't need a name David tag. David Rogers. Yeah, he doesn't. There's no like bad Dude, story if he shows joke. up, it's just his dressed name, like a robot. He's the only guy in the entire ITC his name is in all caps. <laughs> yeah. Dude, if he shows up dressed like a robot, we'll have to put him against Vlad. Him versus Vlad and dressed, up like, dressed a, up like a, a vampire. vampire. Yeah. That'd be amazing. God. That'd be really good. And speaking of which, Vlad is in third because Joe Hot Rock Cryer. He's going, falling down through the rankings. He is just dropping as fast as Paul McClevely. Who? I don't remember that name. He hasn't been in the top ten so, for True. so long. He's been stricken from my memory. See, he's too busy, like with his wife and his newborn kid. Just, <laughs> no excuse. What a loser. Excuses are for the week. Yeah. Sam Valdez in fourth. Zach Lopez in fifth. Jarrett Zizueta in sixth. Alex Gonzalez in seventh. Michael Birch in eighth. James Sutton in ninth. And David Rogers. A lot. Of, it's funny because a lot of those guys are like kind of localish. Yeah, a lot here. of them are, are West Coast players. But Southern California is a big age of Sigmar scene. Uh, so we have some beautiful commissions from the FLG Paint Studio. Uh, check it out. We have uh, Sisters of Battle Emulator. Is that that's not from your army, is it, Frankie? No, no, that's a friend of the client. That's just a tabletop standard too. That's a gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, and we have a beautiful uh, Yavara uh -oh. towel battle suit, and oh. we have a, a Sikorin. Don't there's nothing you need more. It's cleaning itself. It's cleaning itself. And the printer becomes self-aware. Like a cat when I'm about to go to bed, and the cat starts just licking itself. <laughs> yeah. And I'm it's like, yeah, you can't avoid the sound. Anyways, those are those are like great looking commissions. The uh, 
the Ivara is, is tabletop plus. Um, it's beautiful. And actually, got that we got that done in like two weeks, um, like from the start of the commission to the end, because the guy needed it for as a Christmas gift. Bada bing. Wow. So yeah, I, I was really happy that, that we were able to do that for the guy and, and um, you know send it out to his buddy. Um, uh, for ITC points, how do you guys decide the status of a team event like ATC? Um, oh, it depends, but. Um, like, is it a GT or a major? Oh, it's a major. So we count each team as a player, right? So if it's a doubles tournament and you have 64 people, we count it as a 32-person event. Uh, for ATC, it's five-person team or four? Five. Five. So they had 284 people. You divide it by five, which, what is that? Uh, 40, it's a lot, something. Mm-hmm. 48, 49. Uh, so it would be a... a, a it would count for as many teams, for as many players as there are teams. Uh, how is Dark Mechanicus a faction with only two units? Well, good question. There's one guy who played an illegal list. No, first place. No, Dark, Dark, <laughs> Dark Mechanicus. I think you can uh, you can play him with um, knights, if I remember correctly. Like it's it's the uh, it's the dark. It's the uh, I can't remember what the hell his name is. Um, and I believe you can include knights, the forge world knights, in that faction. And that's how you play them. I, I don't remember off the knights were like super scary when Ace first started. Yeah, they were hard to deal with. They were, and now not so much. Hell, yeah, it's the hell right, and um, there's the hell right and hell right on an abandoned, yeah. and uh, that's that's how you do that. Um, anybody have, have any other questions? Everyone's just kind of chatting amongst themselves, talking about stuff. Okay. Well, hey guys, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Signals from the Frontline. I hope you enjoyed looking at all the stats that uh, Val and Pablo put forth. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, as always, the show airs live. Obviously, we're watching it right now, but also on YouTube at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And thank you for joining us. We will see you next week. Happy holidays. Yay.